Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of How Was This Movie? My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you for taking just a little time out of your day to listen. Now, be sure to follow us on Twitter at How Is This Movie. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash howisthismovie. You can always email us with any questions or comments at hitmpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please help support it by leaving us a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. So this is going to be a bonus episode today. If you've ever listened to the podcast, then you know that I'm a big fan of the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast. And I have reached out to one of the co-hosts, Annalise, and I've asked her to join me for really what's going to be a discussion about podcasting, about what she does for a living. And we're going to segue into the new releases of the year, the, the upcoming films of 2015. So Annalise, welcome to How Is This Movie? I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Happy Absolutely. to be here. Hap- this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> so, so I've been listening to the show since its inception, and um, I'm a big fan, and I just really wanted to talk to you first about the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast. Can you tell us, the listeners, where it came from and what's the genesis of it? Right. Well, um, interestingly enough, it was all Neil's idea. (laughs) Um, I am more of a behind the scenes kind of person. And Neil is very much more of a performer. And uh, he's been through, you know, different bands throughout his life. And uh, that had come to an end. He had uh, stopped working with the last band he was working with. And then he had also been listening to a lot of podcasts. And just we started talking about podcasts one day. And I said, you know, I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. And so we talked about that. And then a couple of days later, he came to me and said, you know what? I think we should do a podcast. We should do it together. It's something I would like to do with you. It kind of, you know, gets that sense of performing, but also something we can do and we do together, like a hobby that a couple does together. Because I think that's, you know, cool and important for a couple to have a similar interests or at least something they can do together. My response was, what? <laughs> you want to what? <laughs> and, I, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, uh, sure. Let's give that a try. Uh, I'll I'll try, but I'm not very good at the microphone in my face, which I think uh, we might end up discussing a little bit. Uh, I tend to freeze and I also tend to back up away from the microphone. So there's a lot of, you know, him doing hand gestures to stay in front of the microphone. And so um, we gave it a try and uh, we actually, the first episode that's released as Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks number one is in fact our first episode. Hit record, did it, sent it out. Okay, just just and and, and, (laughs) and fellow podcasters will, will appreciate this. Your very first episode, hit record, no editing. No editing. No editing. And it's up and it's live. It's there. Okay. So let me ask you this. Back up just a little (laughs) bit. I'm sure at some point when you said, okay, let's do a podcast, did you kick around any ideas? Did you say, well, what do we want our podcast to be about? And that's exactly what I asked him. I said, I don't like, what do you want to do a podcast about? He said, it's just going to be us just, you know, talking. And (laughs) and I have to say that I was like, "Um, who would want to listen to us talk to each other? Um, he said, no, but you know, just kind of, well, you know, do, you know, I don't know, talk about what we do and talk about us and that, you know, there's a lot of podcasts like that. And like, okay, um, okay, well, and he's like, you know what, why don't we just sit down? We'll just, you know, let it flow. And that's actually the first episode. Okay. So, so so you do the first episode, give me the reaction you had the first time that the the episode has been uploaded. It's on iTunes. Who are you telling? (laughs) Who are you reaching out told to? almost nobody. Yeah. You listened to it. What's your reaction the first time you listened to it? 
I was really nervous. And, um, I think that comes across a little bit of course. And when I'm nervous, I get a little giggly, which I'm sure you've noticed on the podcast, but I think it actually went better than I thought it was going to be. And it also was not as silly and as I thought it was going to end up being. And, and I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed doing that together. Like it was actually like, like I was saying this, uh, find this time that we sit down and we focus on just each other. Because when you are doing this right here, like you and I are talking to each other, this is all we're doing. I'm focused on you right now. So if you can do that with your partner, it's kind of like couples therapy, (laughs) you know, like you, you sit there and we're going to do this and you can tell there has been once or twice where we weren't in sync and we actually stopped recording and started another episode later because it just wasn't flowing. That's only happened twice over the now 43 episodes. 43 so. episodes. So first episode's done. Okay, you're, you're, you, you, you've got it under your belt. Okay, I, I've done this. I, I, okay, I, I, have no, I know what the show is going to be about now. Right. Second episode, third episode. What's starting to happen, though? Like, what's starting to happen? What kind of response are you starting to get? Because um, you're, you're also putting it up on YouTube as well. Yes. So, so for those who don't know, the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast is also they also you also video record it and put it we up do. on we YouTube. We the episodes, and we didn't do that for the first few. That's something that came out later. Again, with Neil and his uh, awesome wisdom of let's be everywhere, <laughs> let's be available on every format possible. And I said, oh, like I'm gonna have to like put on pants. <laughs> Not that I do my podcast without pants on, but I often do in my pajamas. So I was like, oh, and then so now I'm worried about like, how does my hair look? And so it's not just how I sound. Now it's how I look. Although I have to say that comes and goes like some days I just don't care. Right. But (laughs) but it is. It's another way to uh, interact with us. It's another way to uh, uh, see us, obviously, as opposed to just listen to us. But you can obviously listen to the YouTube video. And it's nice. I mean, I do that sometimes with some of the podcasts I listen to. I like to see the people that and put faces to the voices and it makes me feel a little bit more connected and you know, i hope that is works for that our audience as well this is completely off the cuff but i i, I pr- propose right now that any podcaster that's listening right now and i'm sure uh, you and i our, our shows are both on uh, several of the same networks and internet yes. radio stations so i i'm putting a challenge out there right now that um let's just say by wednesday everybody on twitter that has a podcast has to put a picture of themselves up there. We'll, we'll <laughs> hashtag face to the name. Right. So, there so you go. There. I, just, I, just want to, I just came up with that out of thin air, and I think it's something we should all do. Because- I think it helps. I think it helps uh, personalize everybody. And if, you know, especially our podcast is so personal because it's so about us sure. that we, we, we had to put ourselves out there, which actually was very kind of nerve wracking at first because um, I'm a little bit more private than that. And Neil's definitely more out there than I am. And I'm like, pictures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, but, tell me about the first positive feedback that you received that was from somebody you didn't know. Can you recall that? Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure if I do recall it, to be completely honest with you. I was just very much amazed by anybody giving us feedback at all. And um, uh, the feedback started coming in, I would say, my like the third or fourth episode. We started getting some feedback from people that we didn't know, you know, like our family and stuff. Um, And we talked about how amazing that was that people took the time to contact us and tell us if they listened to the show and tell us what they thought. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really amazing. Like, and, and, you know, we, 
look at how the interaction is now and, and how many people listen to our show and stuff. And it actually just blows our minds completely, like completely. Like we actually talk about it on a weekly basis when we're talking about the show and what we're going to do for the show. Um, it completely blows our minds. Like I don't I'm so humble and so appreciate it. I don't, it makes me feel like a little bit and almost embarrassed. I'm like, I don't, I'm really not that interesting. I don't know why anybody wants to listen to me talk. What is the, it's really awesome. <laughs> what, what would you say the surprise you the most? Like for me, like when I did with it, like when I started getting feedback on how is this movie, it was getting the emails from the, you know, countries where they don't even speak English as their first language. And people are emailing me and saying, we love the show. And can you do this? And was, was there a, a period where you're like, wait a second. So this sh- people listen to this show in this country and in this country, and I, right. yeah, I mean, did that? What what was that like? Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty funny and strange. And uh, <laughs> one day Neil's like, "Hey, you know what? We're huge in France." <laughs> I'm like what? He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but we have a ton of downloads in France." I'm like, okay. Very cool. Do you what? think we should put like French stuff in there? He's like, no, no, no. And we've actually talked about that. Like, you know, like kind of listening to our audience or seeing where the audience is coming from and changing things maybe slightly or adding things. And and we've kind of decided that we're going to be really adamant about not really changing. Because if you're listening to us because the way we are, then why would we change it? Absolutely. You know, like obviously we, we try to maybe get a little more professional maybe, but... <laughs> But really, it's just we're trying to keep it the way it is. So you're 43 episodes in. So you're 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 a pro at this now. You've got the whole <laughs> podcasting thing. You understand it. I'm trying. <laughs> Talk about well. One of the things that I think is just crazy about podcasting and independent podcasting is 20 years ago, if somebody wanted to have a talk radio show, they were really SOL. Like they weren't going to do anything unless it was on a very very local level. So. Now, when you launch a podcast, it has an immediate worldwide reach. So yes. I just think that's incredible. So what, how has your whole perspective about podcasts and podcasting changed now that you're 43 episodes into a uh, successful independent podcast? Well, I definitely did not realize um, how big the podcast community was. And I also did not realize how many independent podcasts are out there. And there's, I mean, it's it's a lot that's uh, way more than I ever thought. And there's no way I can listen to every podcast ever because there's just way too many. I didn't realize it was such a big deal until we got way more into it. And people from other podcasts started reaching out, you know, to us for, to make, you know, contact and interaction. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, you have a podcast. Oh, you have a podcast. Oh, you have a podcast. So I think that I'm really floored by how many people are really into it. Like not only into podcasting themselves, but into listening to podcasts. And, um, and I've had, uh, conversations with, you know, other people like at work and they're like, Oh yeah, I listened to this one, um, airline pilot podcast. It's a little boring, but it's so interesting. <laughs> I'm like, really? Okay. That's, wow. Cool. Okay. And then another guy I talked to at work, um, he's like, Oh yeah, I was listening to these entertainment podcasts and, um, there's these certain ones that, you know, like sometimes have directors on and stuff. And so I listen to those and that's pretty cool. And like, Oh wow. Okay. So now it's, it's like a daily conversation. And before we started doing the podcast, it's not something I ever discussed with anybody. It, I had only heard a couple of podcasts before that. And it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. It's crazy. Now, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I have amazing interactions with so many, so many podcasters, so many that I'm not even going to attempt to try to mention any of them right, right now, <laughs> right. Because, because inevitably, A, this would be a five-hour podcast if right. we started to go through every one of them that we love. But what I wanted to know is, let's talk about the big podcasts for a moment. Let's talk right. about the the really, really big ones, the moneymakers, mm-hmm. as I call them. Are there any of those podcasts that you're a regular listener to? 
Um, I would say, and I'm my docket is pretty full with indie podcasts right now, but um, I do listen to Fat Man on Batman a lot because um, I like Batman, and I think Kevin Smith, um, he's so passionate about that particular subject that it's really, really cool to listen to someone talk about something they're passionate about, whatever that passion is. But you know, like it could be house painting, but if you're passionate about it you make it interesting. So Fatman on Batman is one. Um, the Indoor Kids uh, from the Nerdist uh, Network is one I kind of go in and out of. And uh, that's really about it. I then, um, oh gosh, there's that that movie one. I'm totally going to blow the name of it. But um, how, how Did This Get Made? Or, oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit behind on that, but I, um, and I just, um, on that one, I actually like look through the titles to see like which movie I want to talk about. Like Howard the Duck was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, I was cringing like the whole time I was listening to that episode. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, those, I would say those are the three that um, I, or the big ones I chime in on. For me, because I'm, again, I, I, I'm right there with you. My subscriptions are just through the roof for so many, <laughs> so many shows. But the, the big ones that I listen to on a regular basis, I really like the Mark Maron podcast. I know some people love, it's love them or hate them. Right. But it just seems that recently he has had some amazing guests on there. He had Paul Thomas Anderson, who never wow. gives an interview. He had him two weeks ago. He had R- Richard Linkletter last week, and he had a, a Brent Easton Ellis, which I'm just a huge, huge fan of. I love that show. The Joe Rogan Experience, I will only listen to it if it's the get, if the guest he has on it is somebody I'm interested in, because right, right. that is an endurance to listen to that show. So, <laughs> as far as movie podcasts, uh, How Did This Get Made? I'm a big fan of We Hate Movies, which anyone who knows me that knows that's one of my all-time favorite right. shows. So that's where, I'd, and then of course the, the the music podcast. Let's not forget those. I was a DJ for 20 plus years, so I still right. follow the. I try to keep up with the the musical trends. So, mm-hmm. so that's funny. Uh, let me ask you this: Have you and Neil discussed future plans for the podcast and any type of expansion in any way? I mean, you're already on several internet radio stations. You're already right. on YouTube. What uh, What's next? Any any talk of ever doing a standalone web series or anything like that? Um, I would say not that, but Neil is very interested in doing something live. You know, you know, bars have bands and things like that, like actually doing a live podcast and having the audience there. And that's the way, you know, like, uh, like Kevin Smith does, uh, you know, the Hollywood Babylon yeah. or whatever, they actually do this thing and they rent out. And that's actually how he makes the money off the podcast and that and the advertising, of course. But um, he, uh, since he's a performer, he very much wants to do it live. I will, of course, freeze up. So he'll be doing it by himself. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's a step that he's interested in taking. And it's going to take a little bit of work on my part to get comfortable with that. But I, I, it's helping the, the YouTube videos and things like that is helping quite a bit. And um, I mean, of course, we'd like to, it to be bigger. And we, of course, want to be better at what we do and all of that. And I think that every podcaster would love to it to be a job and to get paid to do it. I don't know how that happens. I don't know who those people are that that happens for. But I, I mean, I suppose at some point we'd be open to like some sort of, um, you know, marketing or something like that. But right now we're fairly happy with where it's at because honestly, I'm not sure how much more we could do and still have our full-time jobs. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's, that's a good, let me segue. Let me, that's a good segue right there because you work at a place that is, Really well recognized around the world, especially to a, a, a very large uh, fanatical base. And <laughs> uh, of course, I'm talking about Skywalker Ranch. And for those who don't know, what is Skywalker Ranch? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so Skywalker Ranch is the ranch that George Lucas built um, with the money he made from the first Star Wars 
movie. And it was always intended to be his playground um, where he can have his offices and do his post-production and everything all under one, not roof, but because there's several buildings and his offices are in a different building than um, the actual technical facility. But basically, and he doesn't live on the ranch. I want to be clear about that. Um, he has a house, you know, farther away and he it's somewhere he drives into to go to work. And and he wanted to live and work in a beautiful environment. And he wanted that for his um you know, coworkers as well and uh, people that employees. And so he built this beautiful, amazing facility. Uh, offhand, do you have any idea how big, how big, the, like size-wise, how many acres is the entire area? Um, well, in that valley, he owns something ridiculous, like 500 acres. Okay. But um, the ranch itself, I believe, sits on, I want to say, eight and it also um, is combined with the ranch next door, which is Big Rock Ranch, which is where um, the animation facility was for a long time before it got moved to uh, the Presidio. And and just so so again, some, there might be some listeners out there who aren't exactly sure where is Skywalker Ranch located. <laughs> it's uh, in Marin County in Northern California, and it's in the middle of nowhere. So like you have to actually leave the freeway and drive on this curvy road for a while to get there. And if uh, you don't know it's there, you would pass right by it. And of course, there's a security gate. Uh, so, okay, stalkers, <laughs> there's a security gate. You have to go up there. And let, let me ask you You have that. to talk to a security guard. T- touching on that note, in, um, are you aware of in, in the history of Skywalker Ranch? Let's see, uh, Star Wars came out in 1977. I imagine he built the ranch, what, 78, 79, somewhere in that right, time? exactly. Uh, has, have you ever heard of any stories or folklore of fanatical fans trying to get onto the property? Yes, there's actually one uh, famous one, I think that happened in the late 80s that uh, somebody hiked in because it's all ranch and farmland. So if you're careful, I mean, obviously there's cameras everywhere, but if you're careful and it's nighttime, you can hike around. But um, obviously he got caught way before he got that close. But because, you know, <laughs> again, with the cameras and the security guards, you got, but he tried to hike in, had to see George. You want to talk to him about what? his ideas? <laughs> <laughs> And that, and um, I know there's several receptionists, and they will also tell you that uh, there's calls daily, daily for people who uh, need to talk to George because they're really close friends and they need to talk about their ideas. I mean, so. that's incredible. I mean, I just, I'm <laughs> no, just picturing yeah, that. All yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. On a daily basis. That makes perfect yeah. sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. So, what exactly do you do there? Well, um, so. Lucasfilm encompasses uh, several companies. And so the company that I work for is Skywalker Sound, which is the sound post-production facility. And it is still, I believe, the only thing that, uh, it's the only business that's still on Skywalker Ranch. All of the other ones have been moved to the Presidio. So we are, we are last. (laughs) So what, what happens in that studio? Like what, like what, what goes on in there on a daily basis? So uh, Skywalker Sound does the post-production sound. So it's anything from sound design to Foley to ADR to uh, we have a full recording uh, scoring stage. And then we also have um, mix rooms. Uh, There's, I believe, gosh, six state-of-the-art huge mix rooms that we do, you know, multi-million dollar movies in everything. And then we have smaller uh, mix rooms that uh, we do a lot of uh, TV shows and animation things like that and smaller ones and uh, a lot of video games actually we've been doing a lot of video game work lately but um so yeah so and then we also have a 300 seat movie theater to watch the movies back in because you need a real experience how's so. how's the sound in that theater because if anyone who's <laughs> listened to my shows before know that i'm fanatical about the movie going experience so i imagine the sound's probably pretty good in there it would knock your socks off there are 46 surround sound speakers including the eight subwoofers 
And uh, including the new uh, Atmos system, of course. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. How long have you worked there? Uh, off and on for 17 years. Okay, 17 years. So what I want to talk about is we are smack dab in the middle of the technological revolution right now. How often are you seeing things getting upgraded on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis? The technology, I mean, have you seen devices get smaller, exponentially smaller that do the same thing? I'm curious yeah, absolutely. Like, what, absolutely. You've seen, and, what you've seen um, over 17 years. <laughs> Definitely. And um, we don't, we, uh, you know, took out the um, old mag machines and now have uh, two digital projectors, one of which is 3D. And uh, we still have one on hand in case someone does want to do a, a film, re- a real film. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, everything's getting um, stronger, smaller, better. I always say stronger, better, faster than it was before. But, you know, <laughs> hopefully somebody gets that. But um, so, yes, it, it changes. I want to go as far as saying daily, but I would definitely say that it changes, you know, weekly and it's just, um, we're always on the cusp. We're always swapping something out and always, we're always trying things. People actually come to us to try out technology. Please try our product. Tell us what you think about it. That happens a lot. Going back to the, um, the magnificent screening movie theater that they have Mm -hmm. there. You've seen a lot of films there, I imagine. I have. Okay. Uh, can you just, just in the past year, I mean, did you get to see the big ones like guardians of the galaxy and, and we do, we have screenings for those. And I don't always go to all of them because, um, I now work about an hour, close to an hour and a half from my home. And the screenings are always at night, which is great because they want it to be after work and you can, and it's, it's a perk, you know, it's a work perk. And so, but that means that I'm driving home at like 1130 at night after I got up at four o'clock in the morning. Sure. I might as well just sleep there, you know? <laughs> but um, so I haven't been doing that as much since we moved farther away, but I have seen uh, several movies there and we have a whole agreement with a variety magazine where we actually have uh, director screenings and the directors come out and actually do a Q&A after the movie. And uh, so uh, I would say in the past couple of years, um, I'm going to totally forget his name, but he's a really nice guy, the director of uh, Tron Legacy. And obviously that we did the sound and it's awesome, of course. Um, And and (laughs) and it sounds amazing in that. And he was a very nice guy. And so that happens sometimes. So which is another cool thing that happens out there. Has that, I don't want to use the word corrupted you because that's not the right word, but has that made it impossible for you to go to a regular (laughs) multiplex cinema to watch a film? Um, I would say that I'm a little bit more critical uh, because of that, but I also try very much to enjoy the movie going experience for all it has to offer, as well as um, I kind of feel like we need to support that because people don't, don't go see movies, then movies don't get made. So I try, you know, to put that aside and go. I would say what actually bothers me more is the disrupting audience bothers me more than like a bad sound quality or something would bother me. Because obviously I would assume a theater wants to be the best that they can be. And they're not doing that probably for financial reasons or something like that. But um, I am one of those people that um, I think we've actually discussed this before you and I. But um, I go to the movies that like. A Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock or, you know, uh, the first showing on Sunday. And I try, so it's, I try to see movies with as other people there as possible. You follow, you, <laughs> with, without us, without us even actually discussing it, you follow my rules to going to the film, to, go, to yes. going to the theater. Absolutely. If, if anyone, please go back and check out the episode, Star Wars trailers and why you should never go to the movies to have a little more insight on what we're talking <laughs> exactly. about there. Exactly. Um, you've been hands-on and worked with some pretty big directors. You've met Well, some. I, I'm facilities. So I work behind the scenes. So it's actually kind of an ongoing 
joke and a couple of uh, big time sound mixers have made this joke that uh, if they see me, they know there's something wrong because that means since I work for the engineering department, that means if I'm there, there's probably something going wrong and it needs to be fixed. And so why is she here? (laughs) So, I mean, I see them around, but I don't, I'm not on the stage with them. I don't work directly with them. I uh, work for the company itself for the infrastructure. Okay, so, so I I build and maintain the rooms that they use to do the sound in, and so. they they contract out those rooms. They 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 exactly yeah. So they're they're rentable. They're rentable. Yes. Okay, and <laughs> at any given time, how many films are and video games are are in post production? Is it usually pretty full, pretty busy, <clears throat> pretty scheduled. We are completely full right now, and I would say there's five films, two TV shows. I think there's one video game and um, everyone also, we have smaller uh, sound editing and design rooms and uh, a lot of those uh, people work on independent films on their own. So I don't know if we can actually call them like clients of Skywalker Sound necessarily, but they do outsource work. You know, they just come in for like a couple of weeks and work on a TV show for a couple of weeks and then send it out. And so, but we are full. So we are busy. <laughs> what would you say the longest film you I mean if if you can't say the name I understand but what would what would be the longest film you saw in post production? Um well I think it's public record so I think I can say but it was definitely in my days uh, I would say it was Titanic. It was there for a long time and to be completely honest I'm not totally sure why like I don't I think there was a lot of um you know, like reshooting. And, and of course, every time you change a scene, you have to change the sound in that scene. So if it's already been done, you're wreaking havoc all the way down the line, <laughs> you know? So like, if you want to change anything, it has to be changed all the way. Could you tell me about any experiences when you were working there where things may have gone a little, uh, pardon the pun, haywire, and um, <laughs> you were called to action? You had to save the day. Right. Um. Well, there's, of course, little goings on here and there on a daily basis where, you know, like things break down and they need something to continue working or something's broken. But um, I would say the biggest one by far um, was when um, Barry Levinson was on the scoring stage and they were recording a 90 piece orchestra for the movie Sphere. And this was a long time ago. I'm just showing my age right now. But um, they uh, rented some gear for this recording and apparently not all of the cables and gear showed up. And uh, it was after hours. And so I actually got a call at home and they asked if I could come in and make this cable, make this work. And if I could do it as fast as possible, because the the orchestra is waiting, Barry Levinson's waiting, everybody's there. And so I said, uh, yeah, you know, uh, okay, sure. No pressure. So got in the car, got down there and, uh, had to walk in there and, uh, say hi and take a look at what they needed. And then I went and made it. I, I don't remember and exactly. Let me just ask you there. Cause when you walk into the room, like when you say hi, everybody's looking at you like, yes, the, the, it's like the, the bar scene where the needle scratches yeah. and everyone goes, what? And, th- and I'm like, hi. <laughs> um, but more importantly, when I was done and I brought it back, um, I said, I actually called and said, okay, so I'm done. They're like, yeah, yeah, bring it up. I'm like, no, I'll just uh, set it outside on the table. And they're like, no, 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 just bring it in. I'm like, I, okay, I really, I don't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the red steak. I'm like, I don't, I can't, oh God. And so I, uh, I don't remember how old I was. I think I was, uh, you know, like 28 or something like that. And I had to walk in there and uh, 
they all turned around. They're like, oh, thank you so much for doing that. Great. And this is great. And I was like, okay, well, um, I should probably hang out to make sure it works. Right. And they're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do anything. Oh yeah. I'll just hook it up right now. We'll make sure it works. I'm like, yeah. Okay, cool. And then uh, Barry Levinson actually turned around and he said, uh, you know, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. It's like, yeah, you know, it's not a problem. I'll be outside. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't, what do you say to that? I don't know. <laughs> but that was the craziest thing I think that's ever that someone's asked me to do. <laughs> Let me ask you this question without mentioning any names. Um, are there certain directors, producers that live up to the reputation one way or the other? Oh, um, I can't answer that. Okay. We'll cut that. I'll cut that whole part out. <laughs> you don't have to worry. That, that... Although that's actually funny. You could probably just leave that in there because that's funny that I can't answer. I'm like, I can't answer that. Okay. That's perfect. I'll leave, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. That was good. That was good. Uh, let me ask you this question about uh, where you work at. Uh, again, touching on Skywalker Ranch. Are there certain, certain discussions that are off limits there amongst the, the coworkers or certain things you guys just like it's taboo not to talk about? Like, do people get into discussions about say the star wars trilogy or anything like that or is that just is it just a very business as usual professional working environment um it's mm, i would say it's fairly professional although we i mean we obviously all talk about movies and uh, for the most part um most people love movies but obviously it's for some people it's just a job and right. some people don't care about movies so much and i would say that's in every profession you're know, like you have people who are really enjoy what they do and people who don't we uh we it's one of those things where uh i think it's obvious if you're a star wars fan because you probably have some memorabilia or gifts or something like around your desk area and then you can tell the people that don't have that sure. <laughs> but we don't really talk about it you know like we don't um talk bad about uh or good for that matter really we don't like if somebody sees like a movie they thought was amazing they'll tell people but if somebody sees a movie especially if they're working on the movie and it's not going very well or it's not that they don't think it's a very good film in their opinion, of course. Um, we don't talk about that so much. Sure. We just kind of don't say because, Sort of a you know. professional courtesy to the exactly. to, to the people that are renting out this. Okay, that makes sense. Right, As, and, and they're, you know, paying us to be there. So you don't want, you don't, <laughs> you don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> and oh. everyone's like, you know, for the most part, everybody is happy to have a job and realizes that, especially in Northern California, there's no other facility that you can really be doing this at. And it's a great place to work and it's a great job to have. So um, the only other place you can really go to have this kind of career would be LA. So um, most of us are very thankful that we can uh, live in Northern California and work in such a beautiful environment. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. And this is certainly not a knock on Los Angeles, but for, for someone like myself who lives in Florida, how different is Southern California from Northern California? I know this is going a little off subject, but I mean, <laughs> it's, they could practically I have lived be there. And I have done this job in both. So that is, I think that's a fair question to ask me. <laughs> Sure, sure. I mean, could could this literally be a could this literally be two different states, Northern California, Southern it, California? It could be. I mean, the the city's a city, and um, and you know, obviously, Skywalker Ranch is in. It's a ranch. It's a working ranch. There's cattle and there's horses. I mean, there's it's it's beautiful. It's in the middle of nature, and that's the environment that he created and wanted to have. And um, L.A. is definitely uh, more business. You know, like we're here to do business. We do our business, and we get it done. And this is where you need to be to do that. And it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's more efficient. It's just everything is right there. And so that's why those people choose to work in LA, you know, and it's, it's definitely harder to get around and it's, you know, time consuming and all of that. But if uh, that, you know, style or environment works for you, then that's why you would do your stuff there. I think that the people who come up to uh, Skywalker Ranch are kind of 
wanting to uh, be away from that for a little bit and wanting the nature and being able to, uh, you know, just kind of hang out for a little bit. And, uh, and obviously we're still professional and we still get your movie done, but you can, um, you know, go for a swim in the pool <laughs> at lunchtime or walk around the barn and talk to the horses or <laughs> <laughs> it sort of had. It sort of sounds to me like it had the all those fun Google perks before Google even existed. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, we have um, an espresso machine given to us from uh, Francis Ford Coppola because uh, we need an espresso machine, and we don't have one, in his opinion. And so <laughs> we now have one. <laughs> but I think that's awesome, though, because that's he didn't just say I need espresso. He just said everybody needs some espresso. Make it happen. And like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Espresso for everybody. Espresso for everybody. That's awesome. Now, I want to shift gears again for a little bit because, uh, of course, this being a movie podcast, I, I want to spend some time talking about movies, but I want to do something a little bit different. Because if, if you listen to my show, then you know that it's most episodes are, are what I like to call they're timeless. They they're really don't talk about too many current events or current subjects. You know, you can I like to think that uh, three years from now, somebody can listen to the Eddie Murphy podcast that I did and it'll still be relevant. Right. But 2015 is shaping up to be one of the biggest years ever in film. And I want to share or I want to get your thoughts on some upcoming films. And this is, you know, I'm not looking for any, you know, serious breakdown. <laughs> just, just you know, you can tell me this is something you're looking forward to. And um, let's start with the first big film that's coming out, in my opinion, on May 1st is going to be The Avengers, The Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about Marvel films and how do you feel about the first Avenger? And um, That's very interesting because um, I enjoy them. I mean, I think they're they're fun. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep it up. I think it's a little oversaturation at some point. But I do enjoy the film for what it is. It's a good action film and it's way better than most of the comic book films to date. So... Not all, of course. But for me, some of this is going to be kind of funny because I have an emotional attachment to some of them because we worked on all the Avengers movies. And so you want good things for the people that you care about and that you work with. And so I'm hoping it does well because... I, I think you know. it's. I, I think it's safe to say that it's probably <laughs> going to do. Uh, yeah, it's I, I'm pretty sure. Do okay, and I'm sorry about all the negative things I ever said about any of the Marvel films on past podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so so you'll see that one. That's one. That's one that you'll endure a late night screening at Skywalker Ranch if it becomes available for you to do that. Um, maybe. Maybe. Although I might see that on a Sunday. Um, I would say the the only one so far that I'm planning, I know that I will see this year at the ranch, of course, would be Star Wars. Because we will have a party and we will have pat each other on the back and <laughs> and have a good time with it. So and that's we're definitely gonna go to that one. That sounds like an okay time to me. I right. th- yeah, that's, that's, that's like a casual Friday night. Shouldn't be a, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> May fifteenth, we get Mad Max: Fury Road. Now, I want to talk just a little bit about this one. Two things I think this film has going for it. One is that it has the original director, George Miller, mm-hmm. the man who did right. all the Mad Max films, going back to the early Mel Gibson films. And two, Miller has always been a staunch supporter of practical effects and a big elaborate stunt work. So I'm on board. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this film and I'm curious, is this another one that's on your to-do or excuse me, to-see list? Um, I would say that um, maybe. That's a maybe for me. Um, 
because, you know, at home here, I have a pretty decent TV and a pretty decent uh, sound system. But I feel like there are certain things that you should see in a theater. And that's probably one of them. Okay. So, um, but um, it's also since, you know, we're a couple, we usually go to the movies together. So we have to agree on what we want to see together. <laughs> so um, I think, but I think that's one we will go see okay. and spend okay. the money. So, so let me, support. let me, let me, uh, let me just, I mean, whether you watch it at home or you go see it in the theater, is it something that, that you're interested in? Something you want to see? It would, yes. is this, okay. So that's, that, okay. <clears> that's, that's where I was wanting to, I, cause I know where the Avengers, I mean, everybody's going to see that. That's, right. that's kind of re- <laughs> required watching for everybody. Uh, okay. Then we got another one that's coming out on June 5th that is getting mixed opinions already. And that mm-hmm. is the Entourage movie. Question one, have you seen the trailer for it yet? No, and I haven't actually seen much of Entourage. Okay. So okay. So, so I probably I know I Neil's a, a big fan, and so he might want to convince me to go see it, but it would on left to my own devices, it's not one that I would go see. Okay. Okay. So okay. To me, that's not one that's gonna make me jump up and go pay the you know, the, the money, get the popcorn and everything. I can wait. Right. That one I can wait for. I, I I did enjoy the show. I wasn't a huge fan of the last season. I thought it got too serious. It was a it was always a fun show. It got a little too dark and too serious. Mm. That's a meh for me. Right. So next on the list, we have one that's a lot of people are asking me my opinion of, and that is Jurassic World. And that, that is coming out on June 12th. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have seen the trailer for it. And your thoughts? Um... Yeah, I don't know that it's going to be good, she said with a question mark, (laughs) but um, I think we'll probably go see it for fun. And that means um, there are actually movies I've been wanting to see that I didn't make it to the theater to see. So I will probably go see it. Not totally positive I'll make it to see it, but it is on my radar, something I would like to see in um, the theater, mostly because of the, the visual and the sound, because I want to uh, see how they did. Okay. Okay. That's that's a very, very um, good way to answer that question. That, that's, <laughs> that's very good. I'm going to see it for the simple fact that I'm, I'm, I'm going to torture myself and be a completionist. I did a podcast on Jurassic right. Park. Right. Um, I spent a little time talking about the sequels. I And again, I don't want to be the negative Nelly here. I, I think the movie looks awful but that's just me that's that's right. just me and and a lot, most people aren't used to be giving my opinion but um <laughs> i'm gonna see it just because and i want to preface that with i hope i'm wrong because there's nothing i love more in this world than a movie that captures my imagination right and i hope when i'm you wrong walk out of there with a smile and happy you went and thinking and, about it yeah and I, I i tend to think that i put this low expectation thing i do it on purpose i beat myself up oh, this is not going to be any good so when i go see it i'm like oh this was this was really good so that's, I think deep down inside, that's how I'm feeling about Jurassic right. World. I want it to be spectacular. I want right. it to. Now, the next one I feel even worse about, and, <laughs> and that is Terminator Genesis, which is coming out July 1st. <sighs> now, if you've listened to my, I know you have, but for listeners out there that have listened to my two-part Terminator episode, I did a episode on Terminator 1, and then I did an episode on Terminator 2. And right towards the end of uh, Termi- the Terminator 2 episode, you think I'm about to say on next week's show, we'll be talking right. about Terminator 3. <laughs> but I pretty much say, well, this is where the discussion of the Terminator films ends for us because right. there's only... I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> there's only two Terminator films. They're the James Cameron films. Those were his babies. Those were his ideas. I did torture myself by seeing Terminator 3 in the uh, theater. Did see Terminator Salvation. Both of these, by the way, midnight releases. I, I don't even. I've watched the trailer for Terminator <laughs> Genesis probably six times. I, I don't even know what they're thinking. That's just I me. Give me your thoughts. I'm not going to see that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that out there like that. I am going to not see that one. I mean, just, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I remember watching and I'm like, what is going on? I mean, this is, and I, I know you and I cannot be the only ones out there, but we're we're at a certain we're in a certain age. I just don't know now. why they can't leave things alone. Well, like, just leave they, it alone. Of course they just can't. leave it alone. <laughs> they can't leave it alone. They can't. <laughs> I skipped one by the way. On June twenty sixth, we have one that again people either love or hate, and that is Ted Part Two. So the first question for you is, what did you think of the original Ted? Right. Um, I saw Ted, and you know I thought it was funny, but I also kind of thought it was. Ridiculous. I'm like, why, why, <laughs> why? <laughs> so I have to be honest, I probably won't see the second one. Okay. All right. So I, 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 and I didn't see the first one in the theater. I saw it, uh, you know, on DVD after it came out. But, um, and, and again, I laughed and it was funny, but I, yeah, I don't have a desire to see the second one. Now, for me, for some reason, I fall victim to Seth MacFarlane's humor, his brand uh-huh. of humor. I'm, I'm on board. I saw, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm just going to tell the world. I saw Ted three times in the theater. <laughs> I took different groups of friends each time. I have to say also, it seems to be more popular with guys sure. than with girls. I mean, it's definitely more guy humor for oh, whatever that means. And it is. I, it's this weird juvenile humor that's yes. incredibly R-rated and inc- incredibly raunchy. And right. teenagers shouldn't see it for, for that exact reason. Right. And I did. I laughed and I enjoyed it. I just uh, – and if, if Neil wants to go see it, I'll probably go see it with him. But – if it was my choice, I'd probably not see it. <laughs> okay, so next up on the list, we have a movie that, tra- that the trailer just debuted last week to incredibly negative feedback, and that's Paul Rudd in Ant-Man. Now, the people, the people I, I'm actually going to go on record, and I'm not one to normally defend Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but people were flipping out about how boring this trailer was, but it's a teaser trailer. Right. It's, it's, it's the same thing with the whole Star Wars exactly. thing. That wasn't a trailer. It was a teaser. Exactly. <laughs> of course, they didn't show you anything. <laughs> because they haven't filmed it all yet. That's the best right. part. I mean, people need to just sort of calm down a little bit. I mean, yeah. going back to the Terminator one for a moment, they did a teaser for the teaser trailer right. for that. And, and I think they did that with Ant-Man as well. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you touched on... And and for everybody listening, no, we're, I know there's more than 300 films coming out in 2015, and we're we're not going to go through every one of them. <laughs> but you had touched on leave things alone. People just need mm-hmm. to leave things alone, and that's a great segue into the two films that are coming out in the fall. They're okay. both they're both remakes. All right, which don't get me started. We could have right. a whole show <laughs> about course, remakes. Right. We have another show on that. <laughs> the first one that is being remade. I'm going to tell you the name of the. I'm going to tell you the character's name from the from the original film, and you tell me what movie I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Johnny Utah. Oh, um, oh, I know this. Okay, just go ahead because it was going to take me too long to think about it. Okay, it's a it's a Catherine Bigelow directed film. Right, right. Point oh. Point Break with with oh, Keanu right. Reeves and that's right, that's and right. Patrick Swayze. I'm going to get so much crap for not remembering that. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. I put you on the spot. I I didn't mean to do that for you. No, 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 no. It's good. Um, Point Break is one of those films that there are so many people who just love that film, like a cult that I don't totally I, – I think it's a good film, but I you know, I don't cult worship it necessarily. But I don't know that it needed to be redone. No, no. This, this, is, this is grasping at straws in my opinion. Yeah. But the next one I think will make you even more upset. <laughs> okay. And that's Poltergeist. Nope. Are they really? Yep. I don't Absolutely. think I knew that. I, or maybe I knew it and blocked it out. I, I've confirmed that. 
I confirmed that wow. before we went on the air. I was looking at films that are coming out Ugh. with you remakes. Can't, you can't make the original one better. You just can't. And you just and they're going to make it like super gory and they're going to use that whole weird stop motion with flashlights that makes you have a seizure. And uh, it's going to lose the feeling. I mean, that's a good way to look at that. I mean, and you know, a lot of people forget that the original Port- Poltergeist, which came out in 1984, uh, rated PG. Right. Okay, but but very controversial for getting that PG rating. Mm-hmm. And it was one of what I call the the three, the, 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 the big three films that were responsible for the PG-13 rating. Poltergeist, uh, Gremlins, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. All three of those have a Steven Spielberg uh, affiliation. Right. And he was able to success- successfully lobby to get a PG-13 rating because of those films. So my money, and I don't know, but my money says that Poltergeist will be rated PG-13, which means they'll be a little more subtle on the gore and go with more of what you said about the flashing lights and the, the seizure-inducing special effects. Right. So that's one more, one more film that's <laughs> – it's, it's a sequel. It's a remake. It's not necessary. It is Friday the 13th in 3D. It will be the second Friday the 13th film released in 3D. Your thoughts? Um is this an original one or one they're transferring to 3D? Oh no, I believe this is an ori- this is a this is a sequel to the 2009 re- reboot which was reboot, a se- okay. which okay, I I you I go, did go not pro- see that one. So I probably won't see this one. If you start to break down the Friday the 13th timeline, you'll go cross-eyed. It, right. it, it happens. And um, what's interesting is uh, when I think they were only up to like two or three and I was a teenager, uh, m- me and my sister used to have a little Sunday afternoon movies where we would uh, sit down and watch movies like that. And Friday the 13th was like one of the top ones we would rewatch, like with, you know, hot cocoa and blankets. And but while it was obviously in the daylight with all the lights on because you were big chickens. But um, but so we'd watch those movies like that. Okay, well, let me let me just before I go to the last film on the list, which I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street? Which camp are you are you in? Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, how do you feel about the Halloween films? Um, I saw the first one and I liked it, and that's as far as I got. Okay, how do you feel about the Nightmare on Elm Street films? Um, I didn't care for them as much. I thought the first one was scary, and then once he got um to the point where he was like making jokes that, that would be part four yes, yes. um i was i lost all the subject i know i know i've listened to that i've listened to that podcast episode <laughs> i'll tell you right now and i was mentioning this earlier when i was talking to some earlier today i was extremely torn with how personal to get on my uh the i did a two-part nightmare on elm street uh right. retrospective and i got extremely I got personal on personal that enough because it, it was that's good that's good to know that stuff like you know how it affects other people and it's not just you and i'm sure it affected a lot of people like that one of the craziest things about that was the number of emails and tweets that i got from around the world not just here in america but around the world were like i had the exact same issue growing up right. thank you for thank you for sharing that i thought i was the only one i didn't want to tell anybody that i had this awful phobia of freddy krueger mm-hmm. go back and listen to that it's called freddy versus dana <laughs> <laughs> And on, of course, there's another Hunger Games film coming out. Um, are you up to date on those films? I, completely honest, I haven't seen any of them. Okay. All right. Well. <clears throat> and I always kind of had this envision that I would uh, read the books first, but I don't have time to read the books, so therefore I haven't seen the movies. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw the first. I saw the first one in the theater, 
and mm-hmm. I, I was I was okay. It was like all right, yeah. It was it's, it's kind of like what you said about the Avengers film. Like they're good. It was a good film. Like it, I don't right. know where they could really go with it. And I haven't seen anyone since. And and mm-hmm. I'm I, I really take issue with this breaking movies into two parts. Yes. Which I don't know if you noticed, but yesterday <gasps> on Twitter I tweeted that there is a pretty sound rumor going around that the Batman v Superman film will be released in two parts. Nope. No. No. Okay, I want you to go on my to go on my Twitter feed <sighs> after we're done and, and read the article. I mean, I, I I'm going to I did and and it and and there is some talk that the first one, I think the the first episode there the first part where they're calling it Enter the Night uh with mm-hmm. the K and I G H T. They're talking about an October release of this year, which I I'm not getting into that, although it kind of makes sense because it's, it's just 2016 just seems so far out there for a film that they've wrapped up principal photography for. Right. So how do you feel about that? I if it's don't true. understand why it needs to be in two parts. I mean, I don't like, is the story so epic they can't get it done in one? Well, are, th- are we going like Lord of the Rings on this? I, I don't understand. I think what's happening <laughs> if now th- we're working, we're, we're, we're working in a hypothetical situation right now because we don't know. But I thought about it long and hard yesterday. And I said, well, this is obviously their way to shoehorn in as many DC characters as possible because they have got to get caught up to the Marvel juggernaut, right. which is so exponentially far ahead of DC mm-hmm. that we're going to get introduced to twenty six DC characters in a two and in, in a four hour film now. Right. So, but let's hope. Let's here's hoping that it's that's not the case. Right. I mean, and also maybe it could be a timing factor as far as them wanting to get their foot in there before the juggernaut of Marvel. Just continues on juggernauting. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> by the time we get 2016, we'll have what three more uh, Marvel movies out, and then I've, I've lost you know. track. I've lost yeah, track. Me too. We've me got too. Avengers <laughs> and Ant Man this year, mm-hmm. um, and then on December 18th of 2015, arguably one of the biggest films of all time, certainly the biggest film franchise of all time. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a huge fanatic when it comes to this. Um, Star Wars: The Force Awakens comes out now you've already alluded to how you're going to be able to see the film which right. completely makes sense uh, <laughs> so, and- um, but we will probably go another time and see it in the theater as well just because um i think sometimes it's nice to see you know it out of the realm of your coworkers and things like that where you don't have to uh, have a certain response element to it um so you can you know be free to like or dislike it at your leisure <laughs> Now I got to be really tricky on how I do that, how I ask this question. Uh, okay. <laughs> but how are you feeling about the film? I mean, are you getting this sense of anticipation? Well, you know what? Hold that question for a second. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the original Star Wars trilogy? I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original trilogy, okay. and okay. Um, I was a fan, you know, before I worked there, and then I would say probably became a little bit more of a fan, seeing um, being close to it and being around it. I mean, uh, at one point I had like the Laserdisc box set and the, but um, I enjoyed them a lot. I think they're good films. And I think that, uh, I think they hold up. I do. Um, I'm not going to talk about the prequels. That's okay. Cause I haven't really seen them. <laughs> and so I know that sounds funny and people um, think that's funny since I worked there that I haven't seen them, but um, I didn't see them. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. That's okay. Because this film is episode seven. So it's a direct sequel to Return of the Jedi. It's not right. a direct sequel to Revenge of the Sith. And that's okay by me. To go back to my original question, do you have an anticipation level starting to grow for this film? I have to say that I do. And uh, and there seems to be kind of a buzz about it 
at work as well. Like everyone seems to be, knows that it's coming up and everyone seems to feel excited about it. And everyone seems to have um, positive things to say about it. I haven't, uh, not that I could tell you if I heard something bad about it, but I haven't. So okay, okay, so that's, that's actually um, very, I think, positive. And I, I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I think that um, they got a good director to it. And I think, I hopefully think that he uh, understands the practical effects. That was what everybody wants to see. And I have high hopes. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I want to go on record because I I was very vocal when I was talking about the when the trailer was first released on that mm-hmm. episode I did. I don't think I came across enough that I'm I'm beyond excited for this film. Like this mm-hmm. is this is a chance to redo what happened to me in in May of 1999. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is a, this is this is going to be that opportunity. I'm actually getting in contact with my friend that I went and saw episode one with, and uh-huh. we're we're going to try again. We're right. we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to hit the reset button. I'm really trying to curb my 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 excitement because it's again it's a year away, little 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 less than a year away. But everything I've been reading and and seeing, I think JJ's got his. I th- pardon my. I think he's got the, his shit together when it comes to this yeah, film. So I'm that. I think we're gonna end the end the year on a high note. So <laughs> let's. Here's hoping that we're right. Yes. So, okay. Well, so that was our kind of look at uh, some upcoming films of 2015. If you have any films that you want to discuss, make sure you email us at hitmpodcast at gmail.com. I want to do something called the rapid fire round. This is something okay. that I'm going to be doing with everybody that I interview. This I'm is <laughs> this, this is just six questions. And unfortunately, you've answered four of them already in our conversation, but I want to just go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, no, 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 no. It's okay. But just, just from our conversation, the, the questions I have have been answered. Okay. So, okay. The First one, DC or Marvel? Ooh. Oh, I was waiting. For, oh, I figured that was going to be a. a I'm qu- going to go with Marvel, but Batman. That one caught me off guard. Really? Yeah, that caught me. I was. I thought it was going to be a, because a, you know what's funny DC. is um, I I I'm a Batman fan. I but there's not a lot of other DC stuff that I like as much. How do you feel about Superman? Mm, he's all right. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I think you're touching. There's some on- good. There's some good Superman stories out there, but he's not my. Um, he's not what I like to read. Um, he's a little bit too goody two shoes and a little bit too. Uh, he doesn't have the dark element that I like that the Batman brings into it. The um, the struggle, if you will. You know what's interesting is you may be you may have just said what most of us DC fans already know deep down inside, and that is the reality is that we we really just have the one guy to to, to cling on to. <laughs> I mean, nobody's touching the Dark Knight trilogy. No one's right. taken that away. That's as good as it gets. And um, I hope we get something better than that. That would be amazing. But I don't think it's right. any better than that. Uh, Man of Steel was all right for me. It was okay. Well, I- there are some good, you know, stories between Superman and Batman out there. I just don't know exactly um, which one they're going with and how they're going to pull it off, to be completely honest. So, and um, when you throw Wonder Woman into the dynamic, that has proven in the past to be um, a decent storyline that they uh, have her in the mix. But um, again, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off or not. We'll see. Let's just say I'm I'm not as eagerly anticipating Batman v Superman as I am the new <laughs> Star Wars. Next question. This is probably going to be a very easy one. Star Trek or Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars. I, I think we got that one figured out. <laughs> All right, so what is, we won't even touch on that one. Uh, next, Although I've seen a lot of Star Trek, to be completely honest. Sure. I've seen a lot of it. So anyway. Okay, so the next question, Xbox or PlayStation? Oh, oh, so you hit you hit a chord on that one because I was PlayStation and Neil's Xbox. And oh. now we only have Xbox. So Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Sorry. Do I have to say Xbox, I guess? <laughs> well, no. You remember, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't go over the rules. You're allowed to say pass. You're, you're allowed to say pass. Okay. Xbox by marriage. Next question, iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. No, no, no hesitation there at all. I used to have an Android, and I switched to iPhone. And um, I like them both, but I'm very comfortable with the iPhone just because everything else I have now is mostly Mac-based. So kind of that has to be. So Let's just go, go ahead and say what we're already thinking. <laughs> They have their shit together when it comes to podcasts and podcasting they do, the right? podcast app. So, <laughs> they do. We, 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 I love iTunes. Next question. Going to the movies or watching at home? Now, this is this is a tough question because your going to the movies is so much different than everybody else's going to the movies. So this might be a, a um, default yes, question. And now, um, I see a lot more movies at home than I do in the theater. And obviously, I don't. Um, I've seen many, many movies at work, but um, I don't as much anymore. So... Honestly, I watch more movies at home. Okay. Last question. Reading a book or an audio book? Ah, damn it. These are hard ones for me. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. But um, I'm a huge reader. But in the last couple of years, again, since my commute has doubled, I pretty much only do audiobooks now. See, I tailor-made these questions for you, by the way. This is, uh, the, questions are, <laughs> the questions are going to change every time I interview right. someone. So <laughs> the audiobook I, question won't work for everybody. <laughs> I wanted to know this. Okay. Uh, another, here's another quick little, uh, little round of questions for you. This is, this is the, what I'm calling the overrated questionnaire. Okay. And that is, I'm going to name a movie, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you if it's overrated, and the answer is yes or no. Okay. Or because of your line of work, and maybe you're not allowed to answer – you can say right. you can say pass. Okay, <laughs> okay. <Right>? thank you. <laughs> is Forrest Gump overrated? Yes. Is Fight Club overrated? Oh. <gasps> mm. No. Is The Matrix overrated? Yes. Is Titanic overrated? Yes. Is The Sixth Sense overrated? No. Is Pulp Fiction overrated? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are the two J.J. Abrams Star Trek films overrated? Oh, ouch. Uh, can I pass on that one? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> is the we, did, hi- we did those. I got to pass. <laughs> and I, I, I've got three more for you, okay? Is Jaws overrated? No. Okay, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I will that, come over there. <laughs> that's, that is a little, by, by the way, that's a little inside joke. If you've ever listened to the Jaws episode of uh, How Was This Movie? Um the introduction to the episode is by by Annalise. I had to throw that one in there just to see, just just for fun. <laughs> is Terminator Two overrated? No. Good answer. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I could I could I could live with nervous. I could hesitated. Live, I could live with the Pulp Fiction one. I was okay. I go okay, okay, I can okay. But but the Terminator Two that's a, that's near and dear. Is the hype surrounding the new Star Wars film overrated? No. Good. All right. I I agree. I agree with I agree with you on most of those. Most of those. Uh, t- tell me one more time. You said Fight Club was not overrated. I don't think it is, just because I feel like it was um, at the time it came out. I felt it was a fairly unique idea and premise, and okay. um, and it was uh, took that harshness like to another level at the time. I think like it was. Uh, I don't know. Kind of broke a mold. I think. And now we have movies like it. Want to be it? But I think that was. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it right. But it definitely. Was uh, one of a kind when it came out. Switching subjects here just for a moment here. The Golden Globes are going on right now as right we're now, right? as we're recording. Uh, <laughs> I am 
I'm not watching. A little indifferent about that. All award shows, in my opinion, are, are similar, but they're very different in some aspects. How do you feel about the Academy Awards as a gauge on what's good and what's great? I, hmm, I don't know that I completely agree with uh, all of their choices. I don't feel like they have uh, always seen all of the movies, and sometimes I feel like they uh, try to go with a popular choice or the popular like choice they should go with. But then there's other things that I think um, they do good with and do unexpected things with. Um, for example, um, a woman who works uh, out at Skywalker named Laura Hirschberg um, won the Academy Award for uh, Best Sound Mixing for Batman, for the Nolan's Batman. And so I'm... And, to, and she was nominated, and I think it was a surprise that she was nominated, and it was a surprise that she won, and it was the first woman ever. And so it was that that's a big deal. And so um, I, I hate that it's a big deal because it should happen more often. So I, I, it's, it's kind of funny. I'm kind of in the middle. Like I, sometimes I think they really get it right, and sometimes I think they really don't. One, <laughs> so One of the reasons why I asked that question was I was really kind of looking into it, and I, I came to realize that, for example – the category that she won in. The people that vote in that category are her peers, are yes. the are the people that are in her specific <clears throat> field. Right. So so to me I think that's a fantastic award because that's your peers recognizing you. Where well go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just okay. going to say um well we can come back to this but um that it was very interesting the year that um I think it was Slumdog Millionaire won. Mm-hmm. Um and it didn't I can't remember I want to say if it was one for best mix or best sound or something to that effect but um that was actually something that um there was some scuttlebutt around the water cooler about how they were wondering um why that one won over some of the others because uh they felt that you know like a lot of it was just uh crowd noise and things like that so um they didn't feel that it uh, took I mean I don't know cuz I didn't do it so I don't who knows but um I think they felt that there were other movies that um were way more impressive as far as sound quality, but okay, so it's it's interesting. Okay, so that makes. So I mean, be... I'm never going to make everybody happy, I guess. No, you have to, listen. <laughs> I'm going to reevaluate the way I look at that. Uh, I will say though that everyone, every member of the Academy, gets to vote for Best Picture. Yes. And just in the past few years, they've added nine or ten Best Picture nominees every year. Why? Why are we? Why are they doing that? I mean. What, I don't. That's a good question. That is a great. Question. I don't know. Is it to sell know. more more movie tickets? Is it? Is it? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I know some Academy members. Maybe I should ask them. You, 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 <laughs> I would think that would be fantastic. And get back to me on that one. We'll we'll right. have you back on. How uh, do you feel about lunch? <laughs> a couple more questions for you, and then we'll we're gonna probably wrap things up here. So, okay. growing up, was there a movie? That that was it was your go to movie. That was the movie that made you, uh, for lack of a better word, fall in love with film. So is there one that you can recall? And even to this day, it still gets you. Um, it's going to be uh, a funny one, actually. And uh, it's actually Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. OK, which is a musical. And I believe won the Academy for Best Picture of the Year it came out. See, see, what? This, 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 this was not planned. This was this was not a, this was this this was not planned. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, it's just one of those ones that, um, it's, uh, we used to watch a lot of musicals and uh, my mom was always a big, uh, movie watcher as well. And so, uh, we used to all crawl into, uh, my mom's bed and like on a, you know, Saturday night or something and like watch movies and stuff. And so I, uh, learned to uh, enjoy the musical. And for some reason that one always kind of stuck out with me and I'd watch it over, over again. I mean, to the point where I was like, again, <laughs> Again with that one. <laughs> okay, so one more thing I want to get into before mm-hmm. before we wrap things up, and I want to talk about where we're at technology wise. I did an episode 
called The Rise and Demise of the Video Store, where we talked mm-hmm. about the, the, it's the video store's inception, its glory days, right up through DVDs. And then we get into this whole world of instant streaming. And I have gone on record of saying that I think Blu-rays and DVDs will be off the shelf within five to ten years, and everything will just be a digital download. How do you feel about that, and what do you think that does for the overall landscape of, of film? Um, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, even um, how we transfer movies back and forth in our facility is almost completely digital at this point. Um, we only make you know like uh, DVDs for uh, the clients when they request them. It's not an automatic thing anymore. Like basically, we uh, hand off hard drives or just send it. Just send it. And yeah, just send it. Over obviously tons of encryption, of course. But um, <laughs> um, I. I mean, I think that that's the way it's going for sure. I'm not sure I'm necessarily happy about that as an owner of several hundred DVDs. Sure. But, um, and it also makes me sad because just like the way of the Laserdisc, DVD players will become harder to find and you won't be able to watch all these movies that you have. But um, with just the growing technology, everything's just getting smaller and faster. And it's just, I think that DVDs, you're absolutely right. I think that within 10 years, they'll be gone. One of the hardest things to come across these days is a theatrical cut of the original Star Wars trilogy, like a real theatrical cut mm-hmm. before the special editions came out in in 97. So, of course, they have Laserdisc versions of those. And I have the the first time the Star Wars trilogy ever became available in a in a VHS box set. I have that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a VCR. Yeah. And, I, and I can't find I I I I like I I bought one. I went to Goodwill and I bought one. It was like You know, the $8. only way you can get one now, and I know this for a fact because I had to buy one for my mom. It's a combo it's a combo unit. Yeah. It's a DVD or um video. And uh, that's the only way you can find them now. Because what happens is I, I bought this cheap VCR at Goodwill and I brought it home. And here I'm hooking it up to this beautiful flat screen television. And I'm looking at this TV. And I'm looking at this VCR. And I'm looking at this copy I have of the Star Wars trilogy, complete theatrical, uncut. And I'm scared to death to put the tape in that machine because I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. So I pull, I didn't do it. So Well, I also have to say, as uh, someone who works in this field, that uh, we're always trying to remind people that uh, your playback or whatever you're recording is it's only as good as your weakest link. So if you're using, you know, the VHS player to play onto your HD TV, it's still only going to look like a VHS because it's a VHS. Sure. It's, you'll get to watch yeah. it and it'll be great, but it it's not going to upgrade it for you in there. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's anyway, that's uh, something we uh, say a lot around there. So it's only as good as your weakest link. <laughs> so you know, it's interesting because the same the, the same thing is happening to the the video game industry. I right. there was a time about five or six years ago where I was sure that I was I was a, a big time gamer. I was it was my passion. I loved it, and I said to myself, you know what? I, I'm going to open up a a, a a game store. I'm going to open up a like kind of like a mom and pops, the the kind of place that you know, like a GameStop, but it's going to be like the local one, and people right. can. People will know me and they'll trade their games and everything. And I was really looking at it. I was putting a business plan together for it and everything. I'm, I'm so happy I didn't do it. I'd be out of right. business. I, and that's actually something that's really interesting. And I actually don't like very much about the whole streaming thing is that you pay usually. And I know it's, sometimes it's different now. Someone, a uh, video game, I was listening to a video game podcast. And they were talking about how there are some games and some companies that actually charge you less for the download than the actual yeah. product, um, which I think they should because they're obviously not creating a product or package. Packaging. And so they're saving the cost on that. But um, I 
miss, and I know I will miss sharing movies and games with my friends and family. Like, oh my God, have you seen this movie? Or, oh my gosh, have you played this game? Here, come over and we'll play it or borrow it. So there's no borrowing. You can't, you know, give it away. You can't. Because you don't ever have a physical copy of it. You, you don't actually own anything. You own a right. digital license for right. a product, which allows right. you to download. Like it's, it's kind of like renting it. It's exact, <laughs> that's exactly. I mean, that's that's a perfect way of looking at it. Yeah. And, and I touched on that on the video store episode I did. Like, I miss, I dearly, dearly miss my trips to the video store. Yeah. I have my... My own version of it now on Netflix when I'm just scanning through all the movies, you know, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? But there was a real art to going to the video store and and picking out a film because you knew you were committed to it. Right. And you were watching it. So it's it's a crazy time we live in. I know that a lot of these technological advances are are, are bettering our lives, but at the same time, again, this could be because we're a little bit older than maybe. Few, <laughs> right. They were we're nostalgic. We, we both remember a time when there wasn't an inter- internet and there was rotary phones. But I think we're going to lose some stuff along the way. I think we're, I think we're going to have a lot of what I call collateral damage from this technological right. revolution. So um, we just recently uh, went through the house and uh, got rid of uh, all the DVD cases, but kept the. DVDs in little sleeves and books and organize them. And I'm a weirdo, so I alphabetize them as well. But, um, <laughs> and we also put them in a database because we're nerds. But, um, and I'm now doing that with the CDs. And I was standing there and I was talking to Neil and I said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to throw these out. Like, I, how can I, I can't look at the Ramones booklet, the best of, and like all the pictures and their concerts and stuff. Like, I, I'm going to miss having this. And he said, yeah, but. Do you do that now? When's the last time you pulled out that CD and looked through the book? Haven't you just been playing it off your iTunes? And I was like, damn you. That's true. That is correct. However, I like having it here. <laughs> I like knowing it's there. But it's just true, though. I haven't done that. So, so, so like I said, we're, we're all the, – the, the train <laughs> has left the station and there's no stopping it. So we can right. only make sure that we brought all our luggage with us. Yeah. So. I, we just have to have like a little ceremony as I'm you know, putting them in the recycle bin. That's exactly it. <laughs> so, so Annalise, for those who haven't listened to your show, where can they find it at? So we are Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, and you can find us at darkangelsandprettyfreaks.com. And of course, you can link to everything from there. Um, we're pretty active on the Twitter, and there's the uh, Daft Pod uh, Twitter account, as well as I'm Wiretech Girl at the Twitter. But uh, so, yeah, and the awesome Facebook page. We have an Instagram and a Pinterest. It's crazy. YouTube videos, the whole thing. Before we close out, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on when we were initially talking about the talking about your show, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. Mm-hmm. And this is something that everybody's aware of that happened. And I've been a follower of your show since since early on. And you and Neil were going to Jamaica to get married. And we, yes. us listeners, we all knew this. We, we were right. we were we were you know excited for you. So you're on your vacation. You're getting. You're in Jamaica. You're, you're doing. You're planning on doing a podcast from there. I know that. I think it's fantastic. I wake up a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I just happen to turn on CNN, <clears throat> and I see breaking news: earthquake in Napa Valley. Right. And I don't think we actually touch on exactly where you live, but you and Neil live in the Napa Valley area. Right. We live in Napa proper. Napa right. proper. <laughs> and I, I remember I stood up and I looked at the TV and I went, oh, shit. I said, but they're in Jamaica. What's going on? And I remember like immediately going to your Facebook and your Twitter and, 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 and Neil's and, and you guys were like, everything's OK. Take me through. And it just, you know, you don't have to go through the entire story. How did you find out about the earthquake? And what steps did you do to make sure that your home and everything was secure? 
<laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, were in still in bed uh, at that point. It was, you know, early in the morning, I would say like, you know, I don't know, gosh, four or five Jamaica time, something like that. Um, my phone kept, um, lighting up and, you know, my phone was like just on the bedside table. And, and so when you get notifications, it lights up the screen and I ignored it the first couple of times. And I'm like, what the heck is going on over there? My phone is going crazy. And, uh, and then Neil's phone started going crazy. And then, um, so I picked up my phone and a friend of ours, actually, um, a really good friend of my brother's, in fact, um, I think he Facebook messaged me and he said, Hey, I'm not sure if you saw this. I know you guys are in Jamaica, but, um, this earthquake just happened. I don't know. And it was like apparently minutes after it happened. Um, and so I had to like, you know, shake the sleep off and really look at that. I'm like, what? And so I, you know, like shake Neil, I'm like, Neil, Neil. And Neil checks his phone and he also has, I think he was his uh, boss and friend, um, had, was texting him as well. And so we basically just looked at him like, Oh my God. And we just like turned on the lights, grabbed our phones, you know, like, just instantly trying to find out as much information as we possibly can. And uh, a good friend of mine who I work with and um, I have been working with for almost the 17 years at Skywalker actually just lives down the street and was watching our house for us, uh, feeding our cats while we were gone. And I probably sat there like um, wandering around the room for about 15, 20 minutes. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't like literally like I mean, just sheer panic. Just I sheer can't panic. imagine I don't the know helpless what to do. feeling that you, that you had. I mean, that's it's right. got to be crazy. You're you're <laughs> incredibly helpless. There's no one to call. There's nothing to do. You're in, you know, and there's nothing you can do from there. And so I uh, said, I, I'm going to have to, you know, call Jason. I'm going to. And obviously he has his own house. He lives six blocks away. So obviously who knows what he's dealing with. And so I treaded lightly at first. I texted him. I said, hey, I know you probably have your own stuff to deal with. But at some point later in the day, when you have your stuff taken care of, if there's any way you can go and check on our cats, because we were more worried about that. Like, is the gas off? Is like our house going to explode? Are the cats under the bookcase? I mean, you know, like who knows? I don't know. And obviously I was worried sick and I really wanted someone to go over there, but I didn't want to ask him to do it, you know, but, but you have to, and it's an emergency. So you have to yeah. <laughs> just suck it up and, uh, you know, do things you don't want to do. And then of course he was said, well, you know, I'll start, uh, calling, uh, Neil said, I'll start calling my parents. And I said, okay, okay. But obviously his parents live 40 minutes away and they're not up yet. So, you know, they're not going to answer the phone at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I assume. And so, um, luckily my friend Jason actually texted me back in about 10 minutes and said, Actually, I'm already at your house. Everything is okay. Oh my goodness! And what happened? And Tell me about that feeling you get right when you heard that. Like I, I, I almost okay. started crying. I almost started crying. Like the emotional release of that moment. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And then, so Neil and I just, you know, like stood in like, oh, I, it was kind of like silent for a second. I'm like, okay, okay, <sighs> breathe it out. Okay. And then he said, you know, like, uh, and then he started sending me pictures, and our, you know, our things were basically destroyed. But he said, "I see your cats. They're fine. Um, one's hiding." But I know he's here. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And then he's like, turned off your water and your gas. I have to go take care of my house because I had an exterior wall uh, crumble and stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for doing that. And then um, he came back later in the day and did a little bit of cleanup at our house. And then Neil's parents went over and did some more cleanup. I mean, if we could not have had those people, we would have had to go home. I mean, like, what? Who else do you call? Yeah. <laughs> so, what That's, do you do? How is uh? You know? How is Napa now? It's been uh, how long has it been? You guys got married in September, August, August. August. Um, how how's that? How is everything now? Is things pretty much back um, to normal? Or it's actually very interesting. There are some things that got back to normal right away, but um, the 
the post office was in uh, a heritage building that was built in the 1900s. Um, that is still has a tarping around it and uh, is closed off. You can't go near it. And uh, they were actually running the post office out of the back parking lot and con- and uh, uh, cargo containers for a few weeks. And I think they now have a new location. But that building, they're actually trying to decide whether to demolish it or not because it was actually, you know, on the historical registry. So in theory, they can't take it down, yeah. but it's damaged possibly beyond repair. So, um, so then there's a few buildings like that around and there's a lot of sidewalks, um, actually on our street here, there's three different points where the sidewalk buckled. So it's, it looks like a little, you know, <laughs> a T up in there, but, um, so it's, it's, it's close. It's, it's almost back to normal. Almost all of the businesses have been reopened and all of that. Um, but what the other interesting part is, uh, downtown Napa was actually going through a renovation at the same time. And so there are actually some businesses that, um, probably won't ever reopen because the monetary loss was just too much for them. Because even if they could have reopened, there's still construction going on downtown. So it's like this, just this weird timing, but, um, but yes, it's, uh, it's looking good and it's back to normal and funny. Uh, the funny side note is that I've heard through other people who also live here that, um, there were tourists coming into town, not just for Napa, but to see the earthquake. They were having earthquake tourists because a lot of the wine tasting shops and things like that are still open downtown or reopen pretty quickly. And, uh, so you could still come to Napa and experience, uh, all of the things that Napa has to offer and also and- see the crumbled buildings <laughs> <laughs> while you're here. Look at our crumbled building. Did it, did something like that make you question or ponder living somewhere else? Or is that, that just life in California? I mean, that's just that's um, how it is. It's just kind of how it is. Like, we don't have to deal with tornadoes or sure. snowstorms. But occasionally there's going to be an earthquake. And um, I was actually uh, in L.A. during the big quake there. Is that that you're talking about the 94 North, Northridge? Earthquake? Yes. Yeah. And I actually live five miles from the epicenter. Oh, my goodness. And lived in the apartment uh, building that uh, was exactly like the apartment building that collapsed. Because a lot of uh, apartment buildings like that are built like that and are that style in L.A. And basically, it's um, almost built on stilts where your cars are underneath the building. And so there's nothing, you know, it's just pillars that are holding the building up. And uh, anyway, that was uh, one of the scariest moments of my entire life. And so... We were actually discussing later that we were actually probably very lucky that we weren't home during the time because if we were here, then the dogs would not have been at the kennel. And the kennel was totally fine because it's a huge concrete structure. And that was the other thing we had to find the, the to get the kennel to call us back. But uh, the parents uh, took over that situation, just kept calling them like every hour until somebody <laughs> answered the phone. But um, if we if we'd all been home and the cats and the dogs had all been home, like we'd all would have been running around like crazy. And apparently just about every glass item in our entire house broke and was on the floor. So we would have had, you know, dogs and cats running through that. Yeah. And yeah. so we're actually probably fairly lucky that we weren't here. And uh, unfortunately, our, you know, our friends and family had to deal with uh, that. But I can't imagine having to deal with that plus um, injured dog because he ran through glass and sure. trying to calm him down. And, you know, we don't have to worry about earthquakes where I'm at. So I'm always and I don't talk to a lot of people that have experienced mm-hmm. earthquakes. And I didn't know you were you you had been a part of the Northridge earthquake, which mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm, I'm glad everything worked out in Napa, but that was nothing compared to the Northwich earthquake, correct? I mean, that was yes. that was the big one. Yeah, right. So uh, what can I say? Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. And we could talk for like three hours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking over at the time here. I'm like, well, we better, yeah. <laughs> right, probably should cut it off. But yeah. we'll do this again. We'll do this again soon. Absolutely. And um, once again, uh, Dark Angels, Pretty Freaks, uh, give us the website address one more time. DarkAngelsAndPrettyFreaks.com. That's it. That's it. So make sure you're <laughs> listening to them. You guys release a show usually, what, every Sunday morning or Saturday usually night? Usually every Sunday morning every or Sunday, Sunday night, right. Sunday morning. And um, do you have the address to the YouTube channel? Is it just Dark Angels and Pretty it's Freaks? It's just uh, D-A-P-F-Pod. D-A-P-F-Pod. That's awesome. <laughs> well, listen, thank you again for, for coming on the show. and um, Thank you for having me. It's been great. Absolutely. And keep up the amazing work with the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. It's... Uh, Something I listen to, it's it's just perfect because I, I, I don't work on Sundays, and when I get up and I have my coffee, it's what I listen to. And I, it's, I feel like I'm literally, and I've said this before when I recommend the show, I feel like I'm sitting at the table with you and Neil. The conversation is just <laughs> fantastic. So, so thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And uh, for, for everybody else, I uh, just want to let you know that you can always reach out to us at hitmpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at How Is This Movie. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash How Is This Movie. So my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.